Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. I'm so glad to be back. I've got some good things to share with you today, so I hope you're ready. So before I get started, I want to welcome everybody back who is a routine <laughs> fellowshipper here. And to you who are passing by, stopping by, checking it out, I just really want to extend to you a warm welcome. And I'm glad that you're here. And I pray that you will be blessed with this message. And in fact, I pray everybody will be blessed with this message. So without further ado, I'm going to pray and I'm going to get started. And I ask that you would pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord, we praise your name. We exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in every place that we find ourselves. I exalt you in this message right here in this little room, in this day, in this hour. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will be exalted in the lives of your name be exalted in the lives of every soul that listens to this message. Lord, I pray that you will magnify yourself in it, that you will take this everyday, ordinary, less than common blade of grass that you, Lord, will make yourself known. Lord, that you will open up the ears of those that, need to get a word today that need to be lifted up that need to be fed that need to be nourished in the word lord i think of the words in ecclesiastes it says the labor of the field is not just for the servants but the labor of the field is also for the king so i pray that those of us that labor in your word no matter where we are no matter where we live no matter what family we're born into lord let us all reflect your great and wonderful glory in the nighttime as well as in the daytime amen the lord be glorified in this message because it's to you i commit it to you i must decrease so that you will increase to the glory of your name in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So I wasn't, I've been in the book of Daniel reading and, um, I saw something, you know, look, there's so much that we can get out of Daniel. I mean, those of us who are Bible studiers, you would agree that we can be in the book of Daniel for as long as we live, if we live to a hundred and more that God is always going to be shining a new light, a different, it's like a, a diamond and it's cut in all these different ways and it reflects different, the different angle reflects a different beautiful prism of light. And that is what I see the Bible as like a diamond and it's cut with many different cuts and it's no matter which way you, what page you turn it, it's reflecting the light of his son in the face of Jesus Christ. So. Let me just, I feel to encourage you, stay in your Bible, stay in the Bible, read the word. Don't turn it into something like a, a grinding millstone. Consider it something that you will have for eternity and it makes you strong in your spirit and it increases you more and more and it increases your prayer life. Because I do believe that an that exercise faith it, it intensifies our spiritual senses and you want to be sensitive, sensitive while you're here in this earth 
to the world above, the other world of heaven, where Jesus sits, where one day you will go, where your name is written. So today we, if you'd like to get your Bibles out, you could always pause this, but open it up to Daniel chapter three. You know, I have, I have studied this for so many years, decades and decades. Obviously, it's a prophetic book. It has to do with the end times. And it just keeps uh, uncovering itself. But I saw something interesting in it today. Not just today. The last couple of days. I even wrote a blog on it in the Christian Community Network site that I'm on. By the way, yes, I'm on now. You can go there. The link is below this video. I'm so glad I remembered. Um, I started a group there. So join the group if you like. And the link is in the description box below for your convenience. And, um, and just hit follow. If you don't want to join the group, follow. And that's where I'm posting all my other messages. Of course, subscribe on Rumble. Um, you just never know what's going to happen to the YouTube channels, right? And I want to make sure that there are other avenues that I can keep letting living waters flow like a river in the deserts of this world. So just know that it would be great if you can go to Rumble, subscribe there if you like. Okay, so without further ado. So, but this time around, I'm seeing something different. Something that I know the Holy Spirit, the teacher, is shining the light on. And that is God dealing with the king. And that it's, there's a whole lot more in this, this chapter than I really ever saw before. We're all familiar with Daniel chapter 3 about the three young men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I like to say their Hebrew names. They were named um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we know all about the fiery oven. We know that they wouldn't worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up in the plain of Dura, which is Mesopotamia. But there's more to it. And in fact, there's so much more to it. It's going to launch us out into the great future that we haven't even seen yet fulfilled. So beginning with, uh, I hate these pop-ups. Beginning with chapter one, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Notice, I want you to hear the words set up, okay? And the word fell down or fall down. So just keep up with that, okay? Then... Notice how he gets all the, the chiefest, the most prolific, the most magnanimous, the most decorated, the most authoritarian, the most important, right? Then the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces 
were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. The they stood that the Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Let me just do something really quick here. Let me go on. So there were three commands along with three warnings. The first command came by a herald. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar hath set up. So we see the fall down and the setup, the fall down. There's like a war going on right here. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, the languages, fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Second command to fall, fall down and worship with warning. Verse 8. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these men, O king have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now the third command. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do ye not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now he offers with a warning. He offers as the king a way to escape. Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you not don't worship, worship it not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, notice how he says, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, you're not going to worship my God. And they're careful to say, if it be so, our God. I mean, we're looking right now at the sovereign divisions of God, right? If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats and their gar- and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot. The flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the kings, and king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and blessed and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god now he makes a new command and universal decree therefore i make a decree that every people nation and language which speak anything amiss against the god of shadrach meshach and abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there was no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. You know, what I saw in here is this. There were seven times the word fall down and fell down is in there. And then... There are 
The furnace was heated seven times more. And there was something I was seeing in this. Because we're looking at the Son of God in that furnace, the pre-incarnate Christ, who would be revealed in his due time in the New Testament era. But he is the king. He's the everlasting king from everlasting to everlasting. So I'm looking at a battle of two kings. And this is more than just the here and now. You see, let me pause right here. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at this point, they were given a position in the kingdom. They were given a position in the kingdom after Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's first dream about the golden image. And then Daniel asked of Nebuchadnezzar, that king, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be promoted. So whatever the expand, the, 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 the time was between the interpretation of that dream of the golden image, which we know has to do with sub, um, with kingdoms of the world that are, that play out into the advance of our future into the antichrist kingdom. And it took time to build that because see, Daniel said, Oh, King, you are that head of gold. And then he goes on to talk about the Medo-Persian, the Grecian empire, the Roman empire, and the fourth and the fourth, uh, wild beast kingdom. And so whatever time it took to build that image, it wasn't a solid image. Historians say that it was made out of wood and just covered with gold plated, you know, metals, silver metal, brass, iron. But what I see in that is that, well, Satan always comes around in a generation or after so many hundreds of years. He's always going to come around to erect a golden image. And I would say, yes, the golden image, I absolutely believe, is also reminiscent of the image of the beast in Revelation chapter 13, where the false prophet commands, the herald commands, in a sense. Well, it's the same thing. It's looking into the future. We all see it. That he commands all people everywhere to worship the image of the beast because life was given unto it and everybody worshiped it and they received a mark. But this was thousands and thousands of years ago. So whatever time it took to build that image and erect it in the plane was some time. So I would think as so far everything was going somewhat okay until the day that Nebuchadnezzar had it reared up, had it set up. You know, I was reading uh, a biblical historian's account on that image and I remember reading it a long time ago and I don't even remember who it was, but I do remember I was reading the history from a biblical historian and he said, when that image was set up in that plane, it was 90 feet tall. And 
because it was metallic and gold was the head, that when the sun rose upon it on the day that Nebuchadnezzar sent the herald out with a decree that all nations and people uh, would, would worship it. Oh, people, nations, and languages would worship it. It says it's commanded, oh, people, nations, and languages to worship it. But that when the sun rose upon it was when he had it planned for them to worship it. Because the sun was right over it. And it was glowing. And because of the height of it and the magnificence of it, that glowing idol was seen for miles and miles away. And it was spectacular, according to the way this historian, biblical historian, described it. So when the people were commanded to fall down, they were mesmerized by it. And they did. They fell down and they worshipped it. I want to bring to your attention, there are seven times that it says fall down or fell down. And seven times he set up, the king had set up, that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And so we see this Satan using the pride of this heathen king. Because you have to, you have to understand that these heathen kings were deified. They saw themselves as a deified man, men. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar knew that the head of gold represented him in his ego and in his exalted pride, he rears this up and he, now he wants everybody to bow to his image. It's so reminiscent of the Antichrist and it speaks to our day. It says that he wanted, I mean, he wanted, he wanted excessive worship. And so out of all the people, nations and languages, there was three people that said, we're not doing it. We're not falling down. And, and he even gives them a way to escape. He, I mean, could you imagine those three men that they're, you know, it says that they, it says about them in the beginning, it says that they had a fair countenance. And they were beautiful and that they had the ability to stand in the presence of the king. They were extraordinary young men. These three, including Daniel, were beautiful, it said. And even though they were on that diet of for 10 days, that they were fairer and more beautiful than the ones that drank of that wine that was dedicated to those heathen gods and the food, which I am sure the king's food, his bread and wine were dedicated to their heathen gods. So we, so I saw that these young men standing before this king, could you just imagine this king completely going crazy. We know, you know, because it says who, it says in the next chapter, um, when Belshazzar, when Daniel was talking to his grandson, Belshazzar, when they were drinking out of the cups, the golden vessels, and they went and got Daniel and he goes, you know who, you know, your father knew, knows who God was because Belshazzar was the grandson 
of Nebuchadnezzar. It says his son, but it was really his grandson. He goes, you know, you know who he is. Because he, you know, it's it's been known like, you know, so he went over what his grandfather went through. And you know something? Daniel, in his old age, he just kept going on and on in promotion and promotion and promotion, not because he even wanted promotion. He did. He said, let thy gold chain, let thy gifts be unto you, he told Belshazzar. And here we have these three young men who have been given a place of prominence in the court of the king in some fashion. But yet they stood and they said, no, be it known unto you that we will not serve that we would we're not going to serve your god we are going to serve our god whether we die or not like esther if we if i perish i perish but you know here's the thing is that you just see this raging king and how, like I, I was trying to say where daniel was saying to bel belshazzar he said, whom your father killed, he killed, and whom he kept alive, he kept alive. He was a temperamental king. So these young men, knowing about this temperamental king, they said it. You know why? Because I believe these were praying men and people that pray. And they didn't know Jesus Christ, but they prayed to God. They were forthright in whom they served and whom they yielded their bodies to. And they said no, they knew what was coming. It wasn't like all of a sudden they were pulled out of a corner and said, get over here. The king wants to see you. They knew that that statue was being built. They heard about it, I'm sure, firsthand before any of the people, languages and, and nations heard of it. Or many of the servants, they knew that thing. They knew that a day was coming that they were going to have to be forced to bow down to it, that there was going to be a command. They knew that there was a command coming, that they would have to make a decision. And I fully believe with all my heart that those young men right away went before their God, which is our God. And they began to pray. And I believe their prayers were potent that by the time the king sent for them and they got before that raging, full of rage and angering king, that they were prepared, that God had prepared them. He gave them power. You know, yes, they had the ability to stand before the king, but God gave God, the king of kings, Jesus Christ, the king of kings, the pre-incarnate Christ gave them power to stand before that king. And they stood before that king. And I don't believe they were shaking like little leaves. I don't believe that at all. I believe that they stood there. You know, I think about the words of Gideon when he captured the, the, the king and the prince of Midian, Zeb and Oreb. And he said, who were these men? that you slew and those two that those two said to gideon he said they were those men were like you were they were like they were their countenances were like children of a king see there was something about them i believe there was so much more we can't know and no it's not written but i get a sense 
that that heathen king flew into a rage because I believe the presence of God was in that room and the enemy was in, in just empowering because Satan is a murderer. And this was a king against a king. And so when he said he commanded, that king commanded to heat that furnace seven times hotter. That was it. Especially when he said, and who is it that shall deliver you out of my hands? Notice there's a you and a me. Who? He says, who and who is that God? God's like, oh, really? You want to know? Because you see, I believe those words and who is that God were the words that God got involved with. Oh, he was already involved. It's clear he was already involved. He was involved all along. But when he said, who is that God? That's when God said, we'll see. And so that's seven times hotter. was God saying, yeah, there were seven times, six times it said, and they fell down. If you don't fall down and he that falleth down, but you know what the seventh fall down was when he commanded his men. Yes, of course, the mighty men were commanded to bind them and to cast them into the furnace. And it says, and they fell down bound. And those men were slain. And you know, when I was reading that a couple of mornings ago, I'm telling you the truth. I was sitting there and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just came up in my spirit. It was so powerful. And I, my eyes were open and I saw it. That there was all this fall down. You're going to fall down and worship me. Isn't that what Satan says to Jesus in the third temptation? All the kingdoms of this world are mine to give you if you will but fall down and worship me. See, Satan was there. He was in that. He was saying, I want everybody, the world to fall down and worship me. See, Satan is a spirit. He can't materialize, but he will empower a heathen king. He'll empower a heathen government. He will empower wicked authorities. He'll have images set up, which he will have set up in the future. The image that was given life and that spoke and speaks. And will be commanded that everybody fall down and worship the image of that beast. And to take his born again mark. But you will be born again into hell. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego only fell down and worshiped Christ, the pre-incarnate God. They fell down and worshiped God. But when the seventh, the seventh time it said, and they fell down bound, it says they fell down. And you know what? Right then the Holy Spirit showed me. I'm certain of it. I'm so certain of it. I have conviction over it. That you see, when he said, Nebuchadnezzar says, let me look at it right here. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, didn't we cast in three men bound into the midst of the fire? And the witnesses that were standing around said, yes, yes, king, oh, true. And he said, well, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. And that's a capital S. The king, the king of kings, the all-consuming fire. I believe when they fell down and what the Holy Spirit showed me is they didn't just fall down because they were thrown in and they're stumbling. I believe they fell down because the pre-incarnate Christ was already in the fire. He was already there. And so when they went in, it says they fell down. I believe they fell down in the very presence of the king. Just because they were cast in, it doesn't say they fell down on the ground because they were cast in. It says they were cast in and they fell down bound. And then they're walking around loosed. And something told me in my heart, in myself, I'm not saying it was the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. But something in my own self, I just felt deeply in my own self. That they were walking around, not just walking around, but Jesus was talking to them and they were talking to him. God met them. He was already in that furnace. It says there was no hurt on them. <clears throat> Neither do I believe they fell down because for a moment they fell down under the heat that slew those mighty men of Nebuchadnezzar's army who only stood at the mouth. They were slain by it. These men are thrown into it, cast in, and they fall down bound. And then this says, I see four. And they're walking around. I could just picture Jesus saying, get up. Get up. Walk around in it. It can't harm you. It can't kill you. I am the all-consuming fire. I am. I am the all-consuming fire. I could just see God in a sense. I'm not trying to add things. It's just how I, in my own self, was thinking. I can even, in my own self, picture God and that Son of God, Jesus, who is God. Maybe even laughing and saying, does it hurt you? Nothing can hurt you. Walk around in it. And see, All right, where's your ties that bind you? You're loosed. Walk around. And they walked around. And I can just imagine what that son of God looked like. That heathen king and his men all around him, his counselors and all those men around him were witness. They saw God. The God of God's. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they walked around in there until Nebuchadnezzar said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come forth and come here. That's when they walked out. And the princes and the governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw those men whose bodies, the fire had no power. I believe that when they were cast in instantly they, there was no from the very beginning it had no no power 
from the from the moment they were cast in because Christ was in there he was waiting for them he was already there he, they weren't just cast in and all of a sudden look someone appeared and says and there is a fourth and they were together walking around that's awesome walking around in fire that slew men that stood at the mouth of it you know that just is so powerful and it says these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor was the hair of their head singed neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them and you know what it doesn't say it but i believe there was one more falling down it says then nebuchadnezzar this would be the eighth one then nebuchadnezzar spake and blessed the god of shadrach meshach and abednego who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god those six things you know why because they exercised themselves through it all and they knew that they were going to die but you know what god took care of that you know, I'm just going to keep going. You know, when we see in the midst of the burning fiery furnace, in the midst of the burning fiery furnace, you know, we know that Satan, there is a day that's coming. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, it said, and Satan was cast into the lake of fire, into the midst of the lake of fire burning. Being tor- he will be tormented forever and ever. This is Satan so trying to advance on God. And say, I know he he knows what God's going to do to a degree. But you see, this was king against king. And this was the prince of the world, Satan, who wants, is so desperate to be a king. And he can never be a king. And he can never be your king. He cannot ever be over you. But see, what he will do is he will bring a golden image. He will create something. And he will rear it up. He will set it up in your life. There's things going on today that look like that golden image that looks like the answer to things going back to normal. The big golden image, if you will but bow down and worship it, all people, nations, and languages. But you know what? There's golden images all the time you see satan wants you to bow before him and don't you bow you know somebody sent me a link on uh shelly disdar now i never followed the disdars um i've listened to them a couple times and i really like them but shelly said this never surrender your peace you know, when I heard that, I didn't even listen to the whole thing because I was busy, but I listened to like 15 minutes of it. And I thought, that's enough. I got the, I've got the, I've got the picture. And she kept saying, never surrender your peace. And that just went into my heart. And I thought, that's right, Shelly. Thank you for leaving me with that. Thank you for leaving us with that. Don't you ever surrender to the enemy. Don't you allow yourself to ever bow. God gave you a demonstration right there. That whatever power that the enemy empowers on this earth with threatenings and then 
See, that king knew. That king knew Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He knew them because he knew Daniel. He knew them. And he knew all along that they would never bow to that golden image. So he took it personally. Oh, so basically, you're not going to bow down to me. Is that not the devil? See, anything Satan has you bow down to, you're bowing to him. He takes that worship and he takes from you. He takes your soul. He takes your joy. He takes your peace. He takes everything from you. But if you will but bow down, he'll give you the, all the kingdoms of this world. Maybe he'll give you a year of peace. Maybe he'll give you something your eye has been wanting for a while. But there's a cost to it when you bow. You see, after that, they were promoted into a higher place. Later on, we were, we know that when Daniel was placed in a higher position as one of the presidents, that all these king, all these pr other men in the uh, political office set him up. That he would not make a petition because they know they knew that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were praying men, and Daniel was a praying man because they saw from the beginning that when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and his the Chaldeans, the astrologers, the soothsayers, the magicians could not interpret the dream. No, nor would Nebuchadnezzar tell it, which made it impossible. That. When Daniel went into the king, he was the only one that said, give me some time. And it was granted unto him. And he went and prayed and it was revealed unto him. I believe he dreamed the same dream where he saw it. The Lord allow him to see it in the spirit. Somehow he had to. And the interpretation was given to him. See, Nebuchadnezzar knew these men that when they prayed something powerful that was far greater than himself as a heathen deified human king that there was there was going to there was something that was going to happen you see Nebuchadnezzar learned again he learned that i mean these men you you can't if you're going to go against them you're going to fight their god you're going to heat the oven seven times hotter. I'll let my people go in, but you're going to be slayed at the mouth of it. And I'm not talking about human revenge, praying that human people die if they touch us. No way. That's not who we are as people of God. We don't, you know, when Jesus said to the James and John, the sons of thunder, master, would you have us that we would call lightning from heaven like Elijah did to consume them? And he returned and rebuked them and said, ye have no, uh, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Yes, this is so jam-packed, this chapter 3. Again, we read, he has another dream. He dreams of a tree whose height reached up to heaven, whose bows went out, that covered it. That was his kingdom. All the animals were underneath it. All the nations were underneath it. He had military might and force of power. But he saw that the watchers came down and hewed down the tree. And he and the watchers said uh, that they would uh, 
that he would be cut down, but his stump and the roots would be left in the earth. In other words, God was already telling him in advance, look, unless you repent and, sh and begin to show mercy to the poor, right? Be repent of it. But he knew he wouldn't. God was dealing with that king. And he said the king of kings was dealing with that king. He told him, you will, seven times will pass over you and your hair will grow like the birds of a feather. You're going to eat grass like a bee, an ox, and your heart will turn into like that of a beast until you know that the most high God reigns in heaven and in the kingdom of men. That he reigns in the kingdom of men. You know, it says God gave him a whole year to repent. And it, after a year, the king, it says at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon and the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon? Here we go again. Like he really learned nothing that I, that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my, my power and for the honor of my majesty. And while the words were yet in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom of is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from the, the kingdom of men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as an oxen until seven times pass over thee. Until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. And giveth it to him whomsoever he will. So in that same hour the thing was fulfilled. And then later on it says. And at the end of the days. Now he speaks. I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. And mine. And now, now his my and my eye turn from is this not my image that i set up is this not that great babylon that i have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty now at the end of seven years he lifts up his eyes and he says his understanding returned unto him and he he goes i blessed the most high and i praised and honored him that liveth forever and ever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army. Now notice the army, he had the men of his mightiest men of his army bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them in. But now he recognizes there's another army. And he says, he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? At the same time, he says, now he says, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. 
Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. And you know what I believe? Because it says here, when Daniel was telling him, it says what Daniel said to him, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. It may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. I believe that tranquility was his at the end. And you know what I believe? I believe he was a giving king. I believe that after what he went through, because I believe a part of him was still available when he was given the heart of a beast. I believe that God allowed him to experience every second of the seven years in that body. So when he came to, he remembered those words. Oh, he repented. All right. See, only a person that repents can say these words. And this was the ultimate falling down and bowing because only a king who was wicked before and built an image to himself and wanted to worship and wanted everybody to fall down. I mean, this blew up in the enemy's face. And let me tell you furthermore, I believe he showed mercy to the poor. I believe he spent the rest of his life. Not, we don't hear any more about his life, but I believe he was a broken man. He was a cleansed man. And that he showed mercy to the poor from a good and honest heart. And lastly, I believe something else happened. You see, at the end, at the in the beginning, he made a command, right? That every people and nation and 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 language fall down and worship his image that he set up. But then he makes a new one and says that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be cut in pieces. There was a death warrant on you if you said even a word against her God. That shows me this was an installment of his breaking of the fear of God. He said, because there was no other God that can deliver after this sort. And you know what I believe? I believe this, that the people during those days spoke of all those things that they saw that were alive during those days and witnessed that, that that story went on and on and on and was passed down. And you know, isn't that, isn't that really a beautiful story about the mercy of God? That that wicked king, see the Antichrist, he's going to be thrown alive with the false prophet into the lake of fire. But the ultimate mercy of God was shown through that wicked king, though he tried to murder those men. And, you know, we see in the bride, Revelation 5, 9, the bride. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people. Nation, this is this is wonderful. Because this king, Jesus, makes a decree that by his blood he's saying, Come and worship. Like David, come and worship and bow down. 
Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his pasture. The tribulate, the tribulation saints say it in Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. And lastly, the angel with the everlasting gospel in 14, Revelation 14, six and seven, he says, and I saw another angel in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred, kindred and tongue and people. And he preached unto them that a message of judgment that was happening on the earth, but to worship God. You see, we're talking about worship because you see a time is coming and it is upon us that there is a going to be a man who's going to be full of pride, who's going to be full of Satan. And we see, we are seeing the buildup of it. And quite frankly, I'm already seeing people falling down and worshiping that system before that beast man who has the heart of a beast shows up and his false prophet, his messenger fall down and worship it. And you know, it said, whoever took that mark, who fell down and worshiped were those that took that mark and they blaspheme God and they never have forgiveness. They never will have forgiveness, not in this world, neither in the world to come. And you know, you just remember this, that the God that was in the fire with those young men was with Daniel in the lion's den, was with those that crossed through the Red Sea and through the Jordan, that walked, walked with them through the Red Sea and marched with them through the desert, that was with Joshua, that was with everybody, even you and me. That's the same one. The same one. The same one. Do you hear me? The same one. Jesus Christ. Our God and King. Whom even the 24 elders cast their crowns and fall down and worship him. Be comforted today. That same God is with you. And he is already there in your next day, in your future. And whatever golden image will come out of nowhere with threat of death and all kinds of evil. If you don't bow down to it, you just say the same words of Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. You know, we could say the same words. Mm -mm. We worship the Lord and God, our King, forever and ever, 
whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and who ruleth in the dominion of men. When those words were spoken, that still means today. He ruleth in this kingdom, in your town, on your street, in your city, in your home, in your heart. Jesus Christ, your God, our God and King.